0: So a lot's been going on the last couple weeks, a lot of gift exchanging, and I wondered if you just want to ponder for a moment, what was your favorite gift, Christmas gift this year? Maybe you didn't do much exchanging of gifts, Uh, maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but just thinking for a moment, uh, what you did receive for which you are very, very grateful. I know that I received some wonderful gifts. I got some money, <laughs> got some books, got some things from my kitchen. Does anybody want to just call out something that was your favorite gift this Christmas? Your great niece? A baby was born. Oh, there you go. Now that's a wonderful gift. Yeah, really. Okay, that's the end of that sharing time. Yeah. Any other gifts though that you treasure for this Christmas? Being to the other side of my new family. That's right. So she is a new bride, Leslie and Bill, being welcomed in to his family. Yeah. <laughs> there you go very fun you know some of these gifts are not things you open in a box right these are the things you're naming and uh, I think for my some of you may have bought something for yourself this last year and because you spent so much money on it that was your Christmas gift (laughs) and I know that was true for me because I spent money on eye surgery and I can now see wonderfully without contact lens for the first time since high school that is like amazing So there are certain gifts that are more life-changing than other gifts. I know several people that got an engagement ring. It wasn't me, but other people that got an engagement ring uh, this Christmas. That's quite the life-changing gift, isn't it? And as we think about the gift of Christmas and what we have been given, this passage that we're going to be in in a moment really is trying to name and capture the life-changing gift of what happened at christmas what we were given not just one person everybody all creation given this amazing gift so before we get into ephesians 1 verses 3 through 14 i want you to know a few things and i want you to be listening for a few things first of all this in the original language it was in greek It is out of the Apostle Paul to a church that he pastored and loved in Ephesus. Some of you have actually visited Ephesus in Turkey, have you? Some of you? See, I'm very jealous. I want to go there. But that's where this uh, community of faith was, and uh, Paul writes these words. But actually, the thing that I think is fascinating, it is titled A Blessing, and these 12 verses are one sentence in the Greek. And it's like Paul is trying his best to just say everything about the riches given to us as a gift in Christmas. I encourage you to take the Bible out of the pew rack in front of you. Open to Ephesians 1 because there's so much richness there that as we flip through the slides on the screen, you're not going to be able to look at the whole thing. So turn to Ephesians 1. We will be in verses 3 through 12. And I'm going to pray as we ask God to make this word come alive for us, which is not something I can do for you. Only the Spirit of God can do for all of us. So let's pray. Gracious God, we want to hear you. We want to lean into what is life giving and eternal and stable. What is the real gift of Christmas that you have for us in this world that you love? So by the power of your Holy Spirit, make these words, this witness, this scripture, my words, come alive to us today. Here in San Carlos, January 4th, 2015. Amen. Listen to God's word to you, Ephesians 1, beginning of verse 3. to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of His glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of God's glory. Says the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. I invite you once again to keep it open. And to notice some things in here that are distinctively Christian. There are many faith traditions at work in the world, and there is much wisdom that comes from them, and much that we have to learn from different faith traditions. And there are things that are unique about our faith, that are unique about Christianity. One of them is the Trinity. And if you look at this passage, you hear very specifically this whole not just describing the trinity but really addressing and talking about the blessing of god that comes in and through the trinity blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ it starts out and then at the very end you have this description of the promised seal of the holy spirit so the trinity is uniquely christian another thing that's uniquely christian is the incarnation the event of jesus christ god coming touching down in the flesh Not distant, but very, very present. So great and beyond us, but very, very present, entering into our world in the flesh and entering even more fully into us through the Holy Spirit. Very amazing. So, this is the blessing, the real gift of Christmas that is given to all of us. And I want to just notice with you some of the things that are just too amazing. It's almost like Paul doesn't know how to say it, it's too much. So he crams it all into one long Greek sentence. I will lift out a few things and notice them with you as we treasure what we've been given in Christmas. This phrase, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Really? That's like all the angels everything any angel and all angels could ever bring you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to us does that blow you away i think it should we are adopted as his children i love that phrase we are adopted in and part of that adoption is that we have an inheritance When you think about what you might be hoping for, any of you that expect to get any kind of inheritance in your family, you're not sure you're really going to get anything, maybe not very much, maybe you don't have an inheritance coming your way, but think about this. We are the children of God, and our inheritance comes from the fullness of who God is. That also is mind-boggling. We also are given forgiveness, grace, upon grace it's almost like there is no description lavish enough which is one of the words that paul uses here forgiveness of of our trespasses grace lavished upon us wisdom and insight into the will of god and the plan of god the mystery of god's plan healing god plans to gather everything up together there's a lot of alienation from god from one another throughout the world and there is this gathering there is this healing there is this coming together in christ and then this ability to live to the praise of god's glory blameless in love usually when we think of holy and blameless it's about being highly moral but this is about being blameless in love i love that this is the gift we are given the richness of the gift we are given in christmas And this isn't just something distant that happened when Jesus was born. We see in this letter that Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus that this blessing of God that has come through the triune God, through the event of God coming in the flesh in Jesus Christ, is something that is really unfolding in and through the church right now in Ephesus in the first century. So Paul writes this letter about the fullness of what's been given to us in Jesus Christ, and then he has this, okay, this has happened, so this is how we live it out right now he's saying to them, in first century Ephesus. And every time we hear the word of God, the same is true for us. This is the reality, the fullness of God at work in the world, unfolding right now, right here, in this church, in this community, in our neighborhood, in and through Trinity Presbyterian Church. I love our name. I love that we're Trinity, especially as we jump into a passage like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives, letting us know that we are indeed children of God. So what is it that God has in mind for us in 2015 as a church? How is the movement of God's Spirit, the triune God, the fact that God is still interested in incarnation, still wants to be embodied, still wants God's love to be tangible and touched and to go to the least of these. What is that going to look like this year for Trinity? Well, we actually have a lot of wisdom that has been given to us over the last two years as we have been working really hard to be clear about who are we here. How are we uniquely created and gifted to be God's blessing in the world right now? And there are some things that have become really clear to us that we're working on. It's part of the reason that we've called Kurt. It's part of the reason that we have several teams of people that are learning and giving uh, giving a lot of time and attention to the things that we know we need to grow in. And in 2015, these things are going to ripple out from these teams that are working on your behalf to you, to the whole congregation. It will involve all of us this movement of the Holy Spirit, the movement of the triune God in our midst and in our church. And I want to lift them up to you to remind you of what it is God has shown us, what we are working on. And hopefully by the end of 2015, we're going to be thrilled to see how we as a congregation have grown in these areas because the triune God is at work in our midst, incarnating the love of God. So first of all, connection. You heard that word a lot. It's actually in Kurt's job title, but this is the way we want to grow. We want to actually move people from being new in our midst. Some of you may be new in our midst, or move people from being here for a long time, but unknown and uninvolved into engagement, into involvement, to being known and cared for and included. I think of Kathy Miola. Kathy, are you here this morning? Kathy in the back. Kathy just joined about a year ago. She and her, her kids, uh, Abby and Joshua. And uh, she just found out about us because she works with some people that go to this church. And um, she, we had a conversation and said she was interested in street church and started going to street church and got her kids involved in street church. And now Kathy has become a deacon and is starting a deac- as a deacon this month. That's the movement from new unknown into involvement i think of doug Knopf. doug are you here this morning he's probably glad he's not because he's kind of (laughs) shy but doug actually was in this church for worshiping here periodically for 25 years and didn't know people and then because of a death in his family he got involved in our grief group and got to know people really well and so he joined the church a few months ago and is very interested in getting involved in buildings and grounds So whether you are here for a long time and unknown, or whether you are here brand new, Connection is about moving us into being known, being engaged, being loved, giving love to other people in this church. One of the things that's going to be unfolding in the year ahead is that we are going to help connect you so that you know more about each other through a directory, but it's not going to look like that. Many of you have said to me, when are we going to do a new pictorial directory? Because I don't even know who these people are sitting around me. And I need this. Well, you know what, every time we do this, about every five years, it's outdated, how soon? Oh yeah, the next, right when we publish it, it's outdated. So we're doing an online directory that's going to have a lot more information. All of your profiles will be on there. You might say, I don't want to be online. I don't want another password. But we are going to connect, and we're going to help you do it, and all of us will have access in a protected way to a much more current and functional and helpful directory. It's called Fellowship One, so you'll hear more about that. So connection is big for us. Jesus' plan is to gather up all things in him, to pull us together, not to have us in these alienated places. Another thing for us, you've heard this a lot, is sticky faith what the heck is sticky faith this is actually the name of a particular curriculum that is helping churches like ours that want our students especially our teenagers to grow into young adulthood and have a faith that sticks that's the point it's not happening now it hasn't been happening for years not just in our church but in a lot of churches And they are discovering that the way it happens is that the whole congregation needs to know and love our students, not just a youth director and not just the advisors. So we have a whole task force that's working on that. Some of you may want to raise your hand if you're on that task force that are working on your behalf. And this is going to be rolled out to you by the end of the year. So some of you have what I've heard called adolescent phobia, where you're afraid to talk to teenagers. We're going to learn some new skills here, but mostly, the most important thing is to involve them in ministry. They have gifts we need now. They're not the future of the church, they are the present of the church. And they have gifts right now that we want to include. Their art. Gabby Seguenza, including her art. Cavan and Elsa are on the task force. They're in high school. This is sticky faith. God wants us to know that we are God's adopted children. So when we have these students that are very excited about community service and they want to go on the Youth Mexico trip and they want to get community service hours, we want to broaden that out so that they know the fullness of God's love for them in Jesus Christ. Adopted as God's children. That's our calling. That's sticky faith. Another thing we're working on is what I'm calling spiritual formation. And we've had a hard time naming this so that it makes sense to folks, but Trinity has no clear articulation of our journey of faith. Where are we going in our journey of faith? What is the goal of the spiritual journey? How do we know if we're making any progress or not? What are the markers that help us know? Churches have words, they have guidelines, they have articulated this we have not you see a model here of one church they have this particular visual where it's called spiritual formation model so leading people into a relationship with jesus christ the outer circle is seeking and then uniting and then maturing and then serving that's a great model so trinity is trying to find ours you might say well let's just use that one (laughs) no we have a we have a group in this church, raise your hand if you're on what's called the Common Language Task Force. There are several people, there's about eight people working on this, so that we can find our language, so that we can own it together and say, no, this is what it means to grow up in our relationship with God. We've done some great work. If you look at our order of worship off to the right, we're really clear on our mission statement and on our core values. We worked hard to come up with those words. And now we need to work hard to come up with words that help us know where are we going in our relationship with God. How do we know if we're getting there? We want to grow in wisdom, insight, the will of God, how to live to the praise of God's glory. So we need this. We need to articulate this. The last thing I'm going to lift up that we're working on, where God is taking this church, is how do we measure if we're making any progress in these priorities that we have named? How do we measure that? You know, what we measure in the church is what we've always measured, how many people come to worship. We can tell you how many people have come to worship for as long as this church has been in existence. Presbyterians do this well. So we can tell you how many have been in worship. We can tell you how many members we have. We cleaned the rolls last year, about 100 people. We took off, we have a, a, a membership now of about 350 people. Worship attendance is on the average about 200 per Sunday. We also measure how much money we bring in, which this year has been phenomenal. But you know what? These three things don't tell us if we are passing on our faith to our youth so that they have a sticky faith when they grow up. They don't tell us if we're necessarily engaging people, people are known and included. They don't tell us if we're growing in maturity in Jesus Christ and moving deeply into the heart of God, they don't tell us these things necessarily. So how do we measure those things? In the business world, you all know it as metrics. In the church, we're really, really bad at this. Measuring the things that help us know if we're actually making any progress in these priorities that have become clear to us in 2015. You know, at the end of the letter, Paul cries out to the church in Ephesus, and he says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. That's a wonderful statement. Because what we are working on as a church here at Trinity isn't just going to stay in these little groups. It's not just going to stay in the task force, and there's a task force and a group working on every single one of these, including session, working on the metrics. It's not going to stay there. It has to move out to you, to you, all of you, Trinity Presbyterian Church, the fullness of God, the fullness of the triune God at work in us, through us, all of us, living to the praise of God's glory. This is what God has in mind for us in 2015.